language was a real issue for me when I started writing it. And I also wanted to make it, I wanted to make it really, really emotive. I wanted to give people that all of those feels, but then I loved it. I love, I love the challenge of, it's like writing a book within a book or a piece of music and it has the ebbs and the flows and the buildup and this and that. And it's just, I found it really, really intellectually stimulating. Evie Alexander is bonkers, and I mean that in the best possible way. She turned an unwieldy 200,000-word novel into the hilarious rom-com Highland Games, which was her very first novel. When she got into the groove of writing, she went so full tilt she gave herself an adrenal disorder. Evie is an absolute spitfire, and this episode was so damn fun to record. For me, it was like hanging out with a cool best friend. She's like sunshine, so much fun. Before we get to the goodness, I wanna drop a quick shout out to Canva. Content creators need a quick, affordable way to make eye-catching graphics to go with their words. What we don't need are confusing photo editing and illustration programs. I'm looking at you, Photoshop. Canva Pro has been a savior in my ability to create snappy graphics for my social media posts. Pro users have access to a host of features, including stock photos, videos, sounds, and more, which would cost way more to download individually from stock sites. So Canva Pro pays for itself within a very short time. To join the Canva fam, and since I'm an affiliate to support this podcast, visit www.elgreco.rocks forward slash Canva. And now on to the interview. Evie Alexander is the author of sexy romantic comedies with a very British sense of humor. She takes a method approach to her work, believing her capacity to repeatedly fail at life and love is what has given her such a rich supply of material for her writing. She has written four steamy romantic comedies as part of the Kinlock series, the first Highland Games released in 2021. She's also writing a series entitled Holiday Disasters with Kelly Kay, and um, and the first book, Cupid Calamity, is releasing on February 3rd. Evie's interests include reading, eating, saving the world, and fantasizing about people who only exist between the pages of her books. She lives in the West Country of the UK with her family. Welcome, Evie, to Steam Scenes. Thank you so much for being here. I'm very excited to be here. This is so cool. So this is what... So Highland Games is the very first book you've released. Yes. Okay. It is not the first book I've written. But it is the first one to see yes, light of day. It's the, yes, it's the first one where I thought, actually, no, this is this is good enough. How many do you have tucked away? Oh, so many. Really? Um, yes. Oh, my goodness me. So I started out, um, I've written since I was a little girl. And uh, my, what did you say? How do you say it in America? We say primary school. Yeah, so grade like, school. Elementary yeah, grade school. school. When yeah. you're about, when I was about, um, I think six or seven, I was given this notebook by my teacher who I'm still in touch with. I'm still in touch with my primary school teacher, which is just epic. Wow. It's amazing. It's, I I don't know if she's read Highland Games. I was like, oh my God. And I I still call her, I can't call, I find it really difficult to call her by her first name. (laughs) I have one of those in my life. Yes. (laughs) So it's amazing. I mean, I call, so I call her Mrs. Hayward and, you know, she came to my wedding. She, you know, I've known her since, since I was basically six. That's Um, wild. She was at your wedding? Yes. Yeah. Unbelievable. 
it's amazing. And so, and so she gave me a notebook and she said, you've got to write down your stories. So I started writing my stories and I just loved writing. I love creating stories, but then I moved into making films and writing films. And I thought this is, this is the thing I'm going to write and direct films. And I did that for a while. Oh, and Oh, okay. Put a, but we're going to put a pin on that because I do okay. want to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so I did, I, so I wrote all of these screenplays. Um, and of course with the screen, with screenplays, it's so much harder to get a, a film made than it is to publish a book. So I've oh, had yeah. all of these stories. And then I wrote what were essentially comedy novels about my experiences in the film industry, which you never saw the light of day. And then I had these endless efforts to write romance novels, which started actually by thinking, oh, writing for Mills and Boone must be so easy. Anyone can do it. I'll do oh, it. You got oh. quite a trap, yes. Yes. And I was just like, honestly, I have utmost respect for anyone who writes category fiction like Mills and Boone because it is so, so hard. It's very specific. Oh, my God. It's so difficult. So they're amazing. They're amazing, amazing. So I failed spectacularly at that. And then I thought, okay, well, I'll write my own version of a romance novel, which again, didn't really happen. And so actually, I've written so many books over the last couple of decades. And it's only now, I mean, also Highland Games has been through so many iterations before I actually go, okay, yeah, it's it's going out now. I mean, so many, it's insane. It's a completely different book, first draft to what's out there now. Really? How long did oh, you God. work on it for? Oh, I'm a bit mental. And um, so... <laughs> <laughs> it's good you can admit it. <laughs> oh, yes. I asked the other day, I asked, well, I asked my husband for three words that described me and they weren't very complimentary. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but you're still married. Yes. <laughs> Only just. And then I asked my friends and the most common word they used was bonkers. So, oh, which is, <laughs> so I started, so I, I started Highland Games about five years ago and I wrote a little bit and then I of course stopped because I didn't have any confidence and I thought oh, I was just shit. And then I wrote mm. a little bit more and then I just, so I ended up with about probably 10 or 11,000 words of stuff that wasn't very good. Okay. And I was in a really difficult place in my life. And my friend said, you, you need to do something that's really special and happy and wonderful for you. And she, so I talk, told her I fessed up that I'd been writing forever. And she said, ah, oh, you just need to write for half an hour a day and it will be your fun thing. Just a little break from everything else. But because I'm me, I started out at like <laughs> half an hour a day. And four months later, I had written 200,000 words. <gasps> and I had, an, yeah, and I had an adrenal disorder because of my <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's an extraordinary output. I mean, absolutely extraordinary. Yeah. So uh, how how many hours were you putting in? Well, uh, I think it was like, I likened it to the fact that a stopper had come out of a bottle and okay. finally it was flowing and it was, I had completely found my voice. I completely found who I was. I wasn't trying to be anyone else. I wasn't trying to write like anyone else. I was just being me. And so some days I wrote I mean, kind of on and off. What I did was I, in order to actually be a functioning member of my family-ish, <laughs> I I would get up at like 
four o'clock. I was Ooh. usually writing by half past four in the morning. So this is why I developed the adrenal disorder because I just didn't sleep. And I, would, and I had horrendous neck issues because I would sit and I'd just put a laptop on my lap and my head would all be kind of curled over. Ooh, yeah. And I would write and write and write and write and write. So I was, I think, I think I was probably averaging three to 4,000 words a day sometimes more I can't remember because and but I, I became so manic I thought if I stop it'll be like every other book I will never finish it it won't be good oh. enough so I have to keep going oh wow and, and also because I didn't plot or plan or do anything sensible I just started writing because it was for fun um it just ended up being stupidly long and all over the place but I still thought yay I've written a book and I had no idea that you can't just chuck 200,000 words of crap out there and it's going to be okay (laughs) yeah but I mean I just I'm just kind of I'm still over here going you wrote 200,000 words like that's an that's epic I mean that's really Mm. impressive even if you're like it was crap and I had to edit and all like the fact that you finished a book that was 200,000 words I am like bowing down to you because that's oh bless you that's like fantasy writers you know their books are like 150,000 words you know they, they keep going and I'm just like I don't have the stamina (laughs) like, <laughs> no, no, it's it's too much. It's too much. And then, of course, the the horrendous thing was that then I had two hundred thousand words that I had to turn into something that worked, and mm. that took two years. Yeah. It took uh, numerous beta readers, like complete strangers, some of whom are now like my closest friends, who, <laughs> who were kind of going, "Hi, stranger, how do I put this politely? There are some issues." Um, and then I then I employed my editor and then I had other editors or kind of not editors, but other people that came in to help. Right. And then I mean, it was insane. And then the worst thing was I sent it to. So my assistant's husband is a crime novelist and he has never read a romance novel ever, but he's like a writing guru expert. And okay. he's really he's like, I haven't ever met him in real life. He's six foot seven. He's skinhead. He said, and he writes crime and he's really fucking scary. And so, <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, I'll send it to him for a proofread. So then, so yeah, basically I had 200,000 words. I had to split it in half. It took to make two books, Hollywood Ga- Highland Games, Hollywood Games. It took two years. It was just a complete nightmare. And then I sent him Highland Games about, I think it was about a month before it was being published. And I'd okay. already changed the date and Amazon were going, if you change it again, we will come to your house and kill you. Oh. So, and so I sent it to him for a proof read and he sent back a 40 page report. <gasps> yes. <laughs> well, and, did, you, did you just like at that point, like close your computer and walk away? Because that's exactly what I would have I, done. <laughs> I, I lost I lost my shit slash the will to live because he had brought up some really major issues, which if I was completely dispassionate, I'd go, actually, that could be construed as an issue. Mm. But it was so fundamental for the whole thing that I ended up freaking out, of course. And then I, my author friend, Margaret, who's just an absolute superstar, she sat on calls with me. We worked on Google Docs. So we had the whole manuscript up of Highland Games. She was in Scotland. I was down in the West Country. And over 40, about 14 hours, we used to go, go have these calls. At the minimum time we we're on the phone was two and a half hours. Wow. And yeah, we were on there for hours and hours and hours fixing it. And thank God, because it's an infinitely better book. Um, 
But then he's just done. He's just done the same for Hollywood Games. No, oh yes, this is. It's not as bad. It's only thirty-two page report. <laughs> oh, you shaved eight pages off, and for your second book, congratulations! I know, I know. Whoa. So I'm kind of curious, like what kind of because I mean, crime writing and and romance writing these are vastly different genres here you know so i am yeah. kind of curious like what was he flagging what was coming up for him um i can't talk about what he flagged up because it is um it's about the story and it's okay. massive spoilers however he he looked at the book in terms of like of structure and story and character so to be honest it didn't matter that he'd never read a romance novel Mm. although it was like his comments about oh my god his comments about the sex scenes oh my god I could have just fucking died okay can you share one of those because like or a gist like give me the gist of it you know (laughs) like he he called Rory the pumpatron oh my god I mean, you know, it could say more about the crime writer than you at that point, right? I mean, like... oh my god, and it just like it just things like the ways that me and my friends would never describe sex at all, and these things like I'd never even heard the word finger bang, and so. Oh. <laughs> I mean, finger bang really is such a guy thing to say. I mean, I guess that's kind of. I guess that's kind of the benefit that I never really thought about is having like a dude read my sex scenes so that because I don't write male point of view because I don't think I'm very good at it. Mm. Um, and I struggle with the male voice and um, and the idea of writing a sex scene in a male voice is a little is so foreign to me. And so I'm and so I'm always kind of I want to do it, but I can't seem to. And now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, you know, maybe it's a question of just having a guy read it and then getting notes because like finger bang, like that's such a guy term to use. But it's so gross. It's just. Yeah, but it is such a guy term. Like, (laughs) So it was. Oh, my God. It was terrifying having him read it, but it was absolutely brilliant. And now he's reading. So now I'm. At the moment, he's literally starting to read book three. Wow. So book three, as far as we're concerned, book three's <laughs> finished, it's done, and now he's reading it. You are brave. Like you're oh. like you just put it right right through the gauntlet. Oh, it's it's it but he is a pussycat compared to my husband. So my my husband oh. is a it's horrendous. My husband is a professional writer. He's a copywriter. And so he he just writes all day. That's his job. Oh my god. Having him comment on my book was horrendous. Really? Oh my god! He was just like, <sighs> oh, <God. laughs> you're just surrounded by this. Yes, yes. Holy and shit! It's, I so honestly, I think the bravest thing I've ever done is give it to these two blokes and have their comments and then work from them. I mean, I, that's. Yeah, that's kind of mind blowing too. I mean, do do you feel like, I mean, particularly with your husband, do you feel like that was useful or are you just like, yeah? Oh, the experience was horrendous, but it was incredibly useful because he, because he is literally the very last person to read it. And so he would, and because his, his whole job is about literally one word, is that one word right? Does that one word go next to that one word? So he- He spot, yeah. he spotted, you know, 
grammar issues and and stuff and the odd thing that didn't really make sense so there are always going to be things that that go through the net always right and he was just an so she says fingers crossed touch wood but basically (laughs) after he's that he's done it after we've gone through like so many layers of proofreading it's obscene um after he's done it I think we will probably only have one mistake in the entire book that's amazing yeah amazing because yeah like you said something always slips through the net always always I mean it's insane how much slips through so you know Amy my editor will do it and finish doing all the edits and she'll do a proof Mike will do um his version his his proofread 40 page report proofread and then I make changes then it goes back to him then it goes back to Amy then it goes to Margaret, then it goes to some other alpha readers, then it goes to my husband. And it just goes through, it's like trickle, 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 trickle until we think we've got absolutely everything. Well, you really have a huge team on this. Yes. I mean, that's really extraordinary. So how long does it, I mean, obviously the Highland Games was a little bit of a different thing because you actually had two books in there. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that has been, it's, it's, It's very difficult. I think I'm worried that it's a difficult sell because people think it's it's like a sequel and it's kind of not. It's kind of a continuation of the story. So they're both standalone. Mm -hmm. They both work on their own, but they are best read one followed by the other. And it was never I would never, ever recommend anyone does this because it's difficult to kind of sell it, I think. But it's just how it is. And there was I just had to do that. I had no choice, really. Right. Um, so I want to sort of back up for a minute Mm -hmm. and go to when you were writing and directing film. Yeah. How do you think that helped you or maybe it didn't help you when it comes to writing the novels? Um, it did and it didn't. Mm. Let's start with how it didn't. (laughs) um, (laughs) I had no idea about this concept called head hopping, which means that basically, anyone who doesn't know what head hopping was is which I certainly didn't you you're in a scene and it's from one person's point of view and then if you change you have you can't change mid-scene you've got to it's all from one person's point of view or all from another and so I was within scene going from Zoe's head to Rory's head to his head to her head so that was a mess because I was just used to writing screenplays where it's just okay there's a bit of dialogue there's a direction there's right. a dialogue. So it, that never crossed my mind. And the point of view is constantly flipping in film. Yes. Quickly. And it is yeah. very confusing to the reader. Um, so that was a disadvantage. But the advantage is that I, even though, of course, ironically, I didn't follow it at all. I knew I knew about the three act structure. I knew what it, how, how you should structure any story whether it's a play, whether it's a film, whether it's a book, I know what makes a good story. I know about the hero's journey. I know about, you know, tropes and genres and all of this. Um, I didn't apply it, but I knew it <laughs> <laughs> because I because I was an idiot. And because I never knew that it was, I was actually going to get my finger out my backside and do this properly. Right. I kind of did it for fun. And then it, yeah. But now, now when I write, I am right from the get-go, I'm going, okay, where are my beats? Where What's happening in the acts? Like what I'm writing at the moment, I'm now planning my second act, moving up to the midpoint and blah, 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 blah. So, okay. Cause it's, cause it sounds like Highland Games was pantsed completely. Oh, 100%. 100%. And so now you're moving into more, are you, are you, are you like 
now hardcore outlining or are you a little bit kind of plantsing as we say um yes i love that plantsing yes i'm definitely plantsing so the first book so after i'd done highland and hollywood games i was going to write um it's, it's all really complicated because in hollywood games which is essentially the second part of the story there are two other couples in that that get their happy ever afters and they're in the first draft they had them within zoe and rory's story and people said no but they're their own books or at least one of them is and so i thought okay so i write a novella for one of them (laughs) and that didn't go according to plan says the woman who wrote a two hundred thousand. yes 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 I'm such an idiot. So I should have known. So I started writing and I and then I realized that, holy shit, not only was this the best thing I had ever written, but it was actually easily going to be a long book. So then I thought, okay, I am actually going to try and do this properly. But it still was a bit pantsing. So the most I can't obviously say it's a spoiler, but the most important part of the male character's backstory, I didn't even know until I started writing it a third of the way through isn't that wild because I do I I plants I've tried so hard to outline I really I really want to be a planner like I want Mm. to um but then I always no matter how much I outline I I'll be writing and all of a sudden I'll just go in a completely different direction and then 17 chapters later I'm like oh let's see what the outline says and it's it's yes and you're like yeah that train left the station like in chapter five you know so I'm kind of I'm I always struggle with that and I and I do I'm the same way like I have to be writing and then all of a sudden I'll I'll discover something that happened to my character in their childhood or whatever it is that will kind of almost reshape the character as I'm writing it yes and I think that's what when you leave room for that creativity and that and that beautiful kind of brilliance that comes out I just love it yeah so this third one I ended up actually getting little pieces of paper this was this is how high tech I get little pieces of paper all over the living room floor (laughs) when I was trying to plan like the second half because I always struggle after the midpoint going towards Mm. you know the end of act two and all of that so I wrote it all down and on these little pieces of paper and when I'd finished book three it was the most insane experience because it had taken me two years of complete nightmare to sort out Highland Hollywood games. And I thought I was done with them. Ha ha ha, how little I, you know, how wrong I was. And then I finished book three and I was like, holy shit, I actually think I've written like a perfect first draft, as in it's it's pretty much there. Right. And I thought I'm, I must be insane. So I put it in a drawer, forgot about it, and then went back to it. I was like, actually, no, I think this is really good. I don't think this is, I, obviously it needs editing, but I don't think there's anything fundamentally wrong where with Highland and Holly Games, everything was wrong. yeah so but I sent it to my editor and I said I might be insane and she just said and she said no this is this is and she's it's she says it's her favorite book that I've written and I you know and she loves it and I love it and so I think now I can from now so the the piece I'm writing at the moment even though it's (laughs) I'm trying to write a novella and (laughs) it's I'm really struggling again and my editor said but this idea is so brilliant it should be a full length I said no I'm committed I'm committed to this being a novella um but I am definitely going okay I must plan the the kind of the shape of it in order not I just can't do another two-year stint of trying to fix something you know what I mean yeah no of course I do because at this point you know I, I mean 
I hate to say like the market gets in the way to a certain degree with what we're writing, but the market gets in the way to a certain degree with what we're writing. And it's hard for readers. Readers don't have two years to wait, which sounds weird when you say it, but they really don't. And so there is a pressure to keep pushing those books forward and getting them out into the world. I mean, I have felt horrendous pressure in this regard because Mm -hmm. everyone I speak to says, oh, well, if you're a romance writer, a book every three months. And I cannot do I that. I can't do that. I mean, my books are an average 85,000 words yep. long. Yep, my You know, I, they go through, as I've just explained, so many layers of editing. Yeah. And gestation and thinking and as well as writing the bloody thing. I cannot do that. It's just it's just absolutely impossible. And But I do, I, you're right, I do feel that that pressure to get them out. But I can't, I've got to be true to myself. I think everyone has their own journey and my journey has to be mine. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just throwing this out here. Kristen Ashley, her novellas are about 60,000 words. So there is no... <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, so there are no rules. <laughs> there are just no rules. <laughs> I know, and I think it's really important to write, to write what what is right for you because I've read some I've I I will not name names obviously I've read some romance novels and I was just like I didn't know how long they were but I was reading them going this is way too long you know the character the characters have done what they needed to do yeah yeah and then I read another one and the book ended at 72 percent and then all this yeah. random shit was added in. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's really interesting because I feel like um, sometimes when I am reading those very specific, like Mills and Boone, Harlequin, mm-hmm. like those very, very specific books that you're writing in a very specific way, I always feel I, I prefer the books that meander a little bit. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, not necessarily on and on and on, but but I always feel like I didn't get quite enough from mm. the ones that are that that follow that sort of formula. But the formula is great, and people love it. Like people devour that formula. I can't write in it, much to my chagrin, because honestly, it would make my life easier if I could. Oh, I know, and I I think God, if I could just do what I do, but you know, sixty thousand. Or 50 yes. or 40. Like I was having a chat with a with a British author and she her books average and they they she does not call them novellas, they average forty thousand. Some are much, much lower. I was writing for a very tiny ebook imprint a couple of years ago, which is a romance imprint, which is where my first rock star book came from. Um, mm. And it was terrible. It was very badly edited, and they capped me at fifty thousand words. So, um, which is not my mm-hmm. my strong suit. And so, I, I, I just it just wasn't a good book. Mm. Um, and when the rights came back to me, and I rewrote it into the book that I wanted it to be, um, and and the editing was way better, and all of that. It was just, um, and it just came out to be about seventy five thousand words. And my first in a series is always the shortest. Mm. And then as I get deeper into the series, things get longer and longer and longer. <laughs> um, you know, but but it but fifty thousand. It was just it, it was too tight. Like they're just mm. you. I feel I feel like I can't tell a proper story in such a limited word count. Yeah, I mean, I definitely found that. So I'm doing this novella series with Kelly and the first one's coming out, obviously, February. And then I'm writing the second one at the moment. And it is just such a joy. I mean, I've got, mm. I just, it's just a hilarious idea. But it's, but again, trying to go, okay, 
I have less time to tell this story. So how am I going to make this work? And it's and and actually, me and Kelly, one of the reasons we wanted to do it was the intellectual creative challenge because Kelly's books are really long. Mine are, <laughs> you know, average eighty five. And you know, Kelly, like her first, you know, she writes series of three or series of two. And so for us, it was a really good exercise to go, okay, well, can you do it? Let's 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 give it a go. There are some romance writers that write like 10,000 word books. There's like a whole, there's a whole readership out there that just craves those sort of like shots almost, yes, you know what I mean? Yes. And they, and oh, they yes. can just flip through at the doctor's office or flip through a yep. line at the DMV. And, um, and, you know, and, and there's like, you can, but I'm just, I can't tell a story in 10,000 words. I'm hopeless. It's so difficult. But yes, I know people do, because when I was looking for people for my ARC team and I asked author friends and they said, oh no, not them because they, they basically just like these short reads it is like a shot it's like a yep yeah, I'm getting my romance fix and we don't want to don't want to go too long yeah yeah and that doesn't work for me because I just get I, I really like getting deep into character mm. I wonder if that because my background is theater so ah. I worked I worked in theater and film and tv for a number a number a number of years not on the creative side I was doing p- publicity so um but you know my exposure to story was and those that that type of storytelling was pretty immersed right so uh, so I'm wondering if that has to do with our backgrounds well it's really interesting you say that because I have had so many people say how visual my writing is yeah and how they can imagine it and how they can see it as a people who have no idea that I came from film go I can see it as a film and I think that that so you know what it's like in film it's about well, anything really, it's about, particularly in a scene, it's about getting in late to the scene and coming out early. Mm. So it's just the the most important part, the most, and also with writing a screenplay, it is visual. It's so, you don't have lots of characters sitting around talking. You you tell the story through images and action. And so that definitely informed my writing 100%. So talking about going long, um, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) you had told me it was something like you you deleted 19,000 words like of pure sex from Highland Games yes what was that about like was the were they just having lots of sex what was going on here? no well okay well (laughs) this was quite interesting because this is to do with writing about sex I when I started writing I felt that I could not write a sex scene until I had fallen in love with Rory because it was just like having sex with Rory, with Rory felt so real it was just like it was me so I thought okay well I can't write it yet oh my god this is some method writing here oh my god it's in, it's proper mad and so my, <laughs> my friend who had said write for half an hour a day she was going uh where's the sex uh uh come on where's the sex and I was going <laughs> it took me on okay the first draft it took me till 80 thousand words before <gasps> I wrote my first sex scene 80,000 words <laughs> <laughs> wow that's a slow burn okay <laughs> I know it's not like that now it's not like that now. but yes it took me so long and then I found that once I'd got them to have sex it was just like well they wouldn't want to stop so I just kept writing and writing and writing until the second half of the book, which was essentially the first draft of Hollywood Games, was a 
nearly a third of it, at least, yeah, nearly a third of it was just pure sex. <laughs> so, <laughs> and when, and so when it was when it was just like the second book, Amy, my editor, was going, okay. Um, so at the start of the book, uh, the whole of chapter two cut, uh, half of chapter three cut. Uh, cut, cut chapter four and it was just literally just cut 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 and yeah nineteen thousand words of sex got cut wow i know that's a lot of okay so i want to back up for a second so yep. with highland games was this the first time you were writing sex Yes. <laughs> okay. So I see where the trepidation was coming from. And then I see oh, it open the yeah. floodgates when it was so, yep. I mean, what was it like to write that very first scene for you? At that point, you must have fallen in love then with Rory. I was completely in love with him. Um, it was very, very, I when I subscribe, say, I have to use the word difficult or challenging because I can't say it was very hard. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could. <laughs> yeah, we enjoy a good pun on, this, on, on Steam scenes. We really do. <laughs> Epic. So it was it was super, super challenging. And, and I found, because like, for example, language, particularly in the UK, like the UK, and I know that a lot of America has you know, deeply conservative, sweet, clean, wholesome oh, romance. Oh, God roots. help I, us, we do. Um, but in the UK, we have our version is twee, is just, you know, it's really twee. <laughs> that is um, the best word on the planet, by the way. It, oh, my God, yeah. And so I thought, well, I, I'm not going to write twee. I want to, you know, and I had, I, I've got a massive, like, philosophical agenda behind my sex scenes as well. It, so they, there are a lot of thought goes into them. And so I thought, well, I don't feel comfortable using words like pussy. I'm even saying that because mm. I'm so British. <laughs> I'm very, very anally retentive British stiff. Well, not really stiff blip because I cry the whole time. But I'm I'm really repressed, which is ironic seeing oh, the kind of thing I write. <laughs> <laughs> okay, if you say so. <laughs> Although my friends go, no, you're fucking not. Um so I, language was a real issue for me when I started writing it. And I also wanted to make it, I wanted to make it really, really emotive. I wanted to give people that all of those feels. So yeah. it was, yeah, yeah, it was, but then I loved it. I love, I love the challenge of, it's like writing a book within a book or a piece of music and it has the ebbs and the flows and the buildup and this and that. And it's just, I found it really, really intellectually stimulating okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's wonderful so i, I jump back a second to a phys- philosophical agenda what, yes. what do you mean by that well um i have oh god this goes back to my and i i think a lot of people are so scared of the word feminist mm. and they just and they misunderstand what it actually means but I was so fed up of, you know, personally having really shit sex, you know, growing, you know, in my teens and twenty, not teens, my twenties and thirties, having really, really right. shitty crap experiences with, and it was just, it was, I didn't want that. And then, you know, you're exposed to porn and it's hideous and you think, Ugh. and I just wanted to write sex that was about a woman's pleasure yeah. and consensuality and the idea that 
a man wants to please. It's not just, it's not about him per se. It's about the two of them coming together and being really equal and consensual and it being about, you know, he gets off on her getting off. Mm. Yeah. And so that has always informed all of my sex scenes. Yeah. It's really kind of funny because this is something that comes up in just about every episode um, is that sort of real kind of feminist undercurrent of romance really um yeah yeah which is phenomenal and it's so funny because you know it's like nobody else in the world feels that way except for people that write and read romance that there is this sort of sense of female empowerment these are books written mostly by women mostly Mm -hmm. for women i mean of course there is the you know there's gay romance there's male male female like there's tons of uh, there are tons of flavors right for Mm. whatever your predilections whatever your interests but but fundamentally the romance genre is women writing stories for other women and a lot of that has a healthy dose of empowerment in there and writing women's fantasies are actually such it's it's like such a submissive act um to do to do something like that and i think that it you know and that goes back to like you know the 70s and the 80s when a lot of the romance writing was really cringe because there was a lot of dump a lot of dubious consent going on there yes (laughs) yes and you see it was really interesting because i grew up on all of that i know and so i have had to completely unlearn you know and i've changed you know book four the the central yeah everything changed based on you know it all changed based on being re-educated by by modern romance novels and and authors right right but you know honestly though that's not to ding what came before because what came before was writing women's fantasies I mean you know of course and, and so and and this was the only place where you could do it you know and there are some actually some wonderful documentaries out there about in particular about this and about like the history of romance writers and why it's sort of been kind of you know relegated to like you know the the sidelines and why the new york times book review and the new york book review doesn't re, you know review it and et cetera, et cetera. um but you know but it does kind of fundamentally come down to the idea that it's women telling women's stories and and that makes some people <clears throat> men really just, uncomfortable yeah. <laughs> oh my god but it's just i i i Elizabeth Everett coined the phrase, you know, um, write romance novels and destroy the patriarchy. And I'm yes, like, yes, yes, yes destroy yes. the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> While we're fucking them. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you're so fun. I love this. <laughs> So do do you remember since you were, you know, your memories of the romance world come from like, you know, the 70s and 80s. Do you remember the first one you read? I do. I remember and I remember where I was. I remember all about it. I remember being in my friend's house upstairs and her mum had a copy of the Thornbirds and she just got this scene where and I'd never read and I still haven't read the whole book, but it was about someone who wanted a baby. And so she basically you know persuade got her husband to basically have unprotected sex with her and I just remember feeling all kind of funny and warm inside and thinking ooh, ooh, ooh. so yeah that was my first ever experience of reading like a romance novel wow do you remember the tv series that they made of that uh, Richard Chamberlain I wasn't allowed yeah. to watch it <laughs> well I wasn't we didn't have a television in our house till I was 12 oh Can you wow. imagine going to school 
with everyone every people have tvs in their room we don't even have one in the house wow oh yeah wow yeah i remember my mom mm-hmm. watching it and like sort of like me kind of like hovering you know outside of the den like watching her watching it yeah i remember that was a really big deal and richard chamberlain was wonderful oh <laughs> my god i know all i remember is yeah i just remember him from it, even yeah. though i never even saw it i remember him but of course you remember richard <laughs> yes oh my gosh so okay so you write you write your first sex scene and it like opens the floodgates but but to to write that first one like just in terms of like take me through what like you sit down at your desk or wherever it is that you're writing and was it like a lot of like type delete or were you really able to get into it um no it 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 was it's they always take the longest time. They do, right? Yeah, they mine really too. do. And it's, it's like your your writing's flowing, and I can write dialogue like nobody's. Yep. I could, if I, a whole book was dialogue, I'd be happy. I'd be like, blah, blah, blah. and but then it comes to this, and I'm like, uh, oh. So it was like I had to I had to completely choreograph what was going to happen, where it was going to happen. You know, I had to kind of imagine the entire thing from start, you know, beginning, middle, end. And then I would work my way in. But, oh, my God, the amount of times I write. Because there are only so many words you could use for, you know, hand, head, eye, touch. Yeah, yeah. Feel, pleasure. You know, there are just, like, how many words are there for pleasure? Do you have a a crutch word? I I find I have, like, I have, like, one (laughs) word, like, slide, slid like repeatedly and I have to catch my like I'm like okay that's my crutch word I need to get rid of that I I have so many um mainly you know hand touch but it's just so what I did what I do is I go through them and I do like a you know overused words things on them and I just cut 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 change change and I have you know the thesaurus that I created because I made my own sex thesaurus because yes I think okay because I wait is this the same as the sex index or is it different no no sex sex in I'm all over the sex look how repressed I am (laughs) so we have we have a thesaurus and an index okay (laughs) so we I have I have the I have like my how-to that I wrote and then I have a thesaurus and then I have the sex index so the sex index is is different the sex index is is what i invented to go at the back of every book so that you can just flip to the back and go okay right this page it's, right it's this page so yeah. you can you can find the yeah. naughty bits easier yeah. yes yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a public service <laughs> we do it for you yes yes <laughs> <laughs> but what is your thesaurus so i realized when i started writing that there were only a few words to describe certain things so I then created like this word document, which was just all of the words that you could use for this, all of the words you could use for that, all of the words you could use for the other. And so I used that to reference my writing. So I used that when I was writing the sexes to try and make it interesting because otherwise, I mean, I remember reading a review of one of um, Lissa K. Adams's Bromance Book Club series. And this reviewer said, oh my God, this was she was like reviewing book three in book three she used the same phrase in sex as she used in book one and I'm like give her a fucking break uh, well first of all how do you how can you remember that from book one to book three that's crazy it's well partly I can kind of get it like if you have a sp- specific phrase like um plundered 
his mouth or plundered her mouth like a pirate. Right, or you're using that. Then, right. then you're like, okay, plunder like a pirate. And then you read it again, like, I'm sure I've read that before. So I think there are certain phrases. And so when I write, I'm like, shit, have I used the phrase yeah. shower of sparks before? Mm. Yes, I probably have. Okay, I'm limiting myself to once per book. Um, it is really, really, it's really tricky. So that's why I created my own you know the the thesaurus and the guide because I didn't want to just repeat myself the whole time well I, okay so on your blog um yeah you you had a post about how to write a sex scene yeah. a, a, that I thought was really cool because you pulled in this idea of using elemental imagery which I had yeah. never heard before and yet makes total sense and I thought that yeah. this was absolutely brilliant so using elements elemental imagery is meaning earth air fire water so you're yeah. sort of like you know, a cool, he's a, he's a tall drink of water or what, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, terrible, yeah. But, you know, or like, you know, his, his, his touch lit my skin on fire, you know, like those sorts of things. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. Where did you sort of come up for that? Well, it's when I was writing the sex scenes, I was, I'm always thinking about my imagery and my sentences and right. where things go. So I don't want to mix you know, imagery so that if even if I'm talking about something completely different, I don't want to be using fire imagery and then start talking about air or mm. earth. And so I realized that actually what I needed to do was to get all of these. So to build this, for example, like going towards an, having an orgasm could be described as like, um, a volcano for example so okay right. so how do you, you you can't use water words with that or mm. if you like you're drowning in sensation you can't use fire words with that so what I did was when I was writing so you could imagine like an orgasm it could be an explosion or it could be a, a wave a or it could be a, yeah, yeah flood or it could be like crush like like a, a kind of explosion or rocks or anything or you're floating on air and so what I did was I grouped all of these words together. So, you know, fly, fire, you've got like blazing, blistering, burning, scorching, smoking, sparking, flare, flash, flame, fire. And then the water, you've got like dissolving, floating, flooding, gushing, pounding, rippling, running. And when you start to think like that, it helps you become very creative and the the reader won't necessarily notice, but they will be drawn in and they won't be sh kind of kicked out. You know, mm. things that will kick the reader out where the reader goes, you're what? This is absolutely brilliant. And I so does that mean like for each sex scene, mm -hmm. you say, OK, this sex scene is going to be an earth or this is going to be a fire. Or this is right. Or, or in a way, does it make its way as part of the outline? Um, part ish. What I ish. What I do is I is I start <laughs> off and I'm going. Okay, so, so for example, I the sex scene that I'm going to write, I haven't even thought where it is, but I have this idea that it's going to start. They're going to kiss for the first time. Massive spoiler, because if this does, if I do write this, it, they're going to go swimming in a river. It's really hot, so they they've gone on a hike. They go swimming in a river. They they kiss for the first time in the river, and then maybe they have sex. You know, so I might think, okay, well, where are they? And what is the imagery that's going to come most to mind? Is it more earthy because they are literally on the earth? Or is it more watery because they're kissing in the water? Where does it go? So I think I start the scene and then I go, okay, this is where I'm going with this. How cool. I am totally trying that in my next sex scene because I thought this was like particularly inspired. 
Oh, well, I hope it helps because it's been it's been really, really useful. And also it means that you keep a cohesiveness about it. So yeah. you don't jump from going like, oh, and then she her uh, orgasm detonated and then she was um, flooded with yeah. this and then she was grounded. And, you know, yeah. it, you don't necessarily realize, but if you start to go into real detail, like I'm such a perfectionist with the sex scenes you can think actually you can do so much more with them yeah yeah and and you know it's sort of funny because it it it, it forces you to not kind of mix your metaphors mm. I guess and you know yep. where you're able yep. to sort of stay on this one track that I thought was really really great and I know that I think I I lean on fire for example you know yep. everything is always a little scorchy in my scenes but this is this is really cool because now it's going to kind of force me to rethink well, you know, where are they in the story and at what, yes. and what does this feel like for them? Because your first moment with somebody is probably going to be burning hot, yeah. right? But then like your second moment, you know, let's say you've been overcome with passion, it's yeah. burning hot. But that second moment where maybe it's a, you're falling in love, right? Like you're yeah. really like moving into that. What is, is that air maybe? Because you're starting to float, right? Yeah, or it could be that the fact that they, you know, the fact that they're falling in love is very scary because of who they are and their backstory. And they feel that they, uh, they you could go for earth. You could get this idea that they are fracturing. Their body is kind of cracking. Oh, that's a good one. Do you see what I mean? Yeah. And then, and, and then, or it could feel that their, their sense of self is dissolving because they don't, and everything feels fluid, but they don't feel necessarily comfortable with it. Mm. Um, so there's so many different ways you can go with it. And I think it all comes from the characters because yeah. in my books, every time they have sex, it is different. And it there is a, and, and it's about, you tell the story through the sex and through their right. connection. And you're and it, right. Yeah, go on. Yeah, no, no. And it doesn't mean different, like, okay well we're gonna do it on the bed and then we're gonna do no, it on the kitchen counter no, and then we're no, gonna no. because you could actually be in the same damn position but yes. because those each moment and each yep. feeling in that moment is so different that it then changes and that took okay. me a bit to get to like it it takes me it it has taken me some time to get comfortable with letting the emotions drive the story if that makes yeah. sense. Um, you know, yeah. I'm always like, I'm the one that always wants to plant a gun or have something explode. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. You know, because I feel like I need, I need something else to sort of propel that story forward. And it's really taken me some time to be okay with maybe it's just their feelings for each other that is pushing yeah. the story forward. So, I, I mean, and this is going to be a massive spoiler, but in my book four, the main male character has never had sex with anyone before. He's never even kissed anyone. And no one Oh my God. Oh I know. And he was yeah, and this was so this was how much I changed who he was. And um he was and because of that, and no except except no one knows. Nobody has any clue. And so when the woman has sex with him he is a certain way because he's never done this before and she has no idea oh, and yeah. it was just brilliant and then so the next time it's slightly different and then the next time as his confidence grows it's even and it's just so it, it's all about character it's all about character and emotion and where they are with each other right 
Um, I'm going to do something a little bit like kind of out of order because we've been okay. talking so much with um, with this sort of playing with the elements and y- it was so perfectly done in the scene that you sent me, um, but it's sort of at the end of the scene. So it was like the second bit that I was going to read, but I think I need to like go into it now and read that and then I'll read the beginning bit. <laughs> You read what you like. <laughs> so it's like, I'll read. So we're going to go a little bit backwards um, yeah, okay. in this story, but this was such a great example of the elements. And since we're talking about it and we're here, I want to kind of like, you know, read this out so that people really get, get what we're talking about. Um, mm. So uh, I'm just going to read it and then I'll have you set everything up <laughs> afterwards. Because <laughs> this is a sex scene. It's pretty, you know, self-explanatory. So... <laughs> amazing um so we've got uh, we've got rory and zoe though i will set it up mm-hmm. by that by saying that we've we're we're with rory and zoe yeah <clears throat> she reached towards his kilt needing to feel him he shot back as if scorched pinning her hand to her side he lay her forehead on hers fuck no zoe you can't touch me or i'll explode she felt his hot breath on her face and lifted her lips to his burning cheek kissing her way up to his ear but i want to she whispered she gently tugged on his earlobe with her teeth it was like pouring gasoline on an inferno he took her mouth with his devouring her as he pushed past layers of satin and net to find her leg running his hand up her skin dragging her bottom towards him he bent his right leg and pushed his thigh between hers as she writhed to get closer, grabbing at his glorious mane, pulling at his arms, frantic with need. He slipped his hand under the cotton of her pants, cupping her bottom, the calluses on his palm sending shivers across her silky skin. God, Zoe, it's, it's, she bucked her hips against him, desperately seeking relief. He released the pressure of his leg between hers, and she tried to open for him against the confines of the dress, shifting her hips, encouraging him to move. As she twisted, he let go of her bottom and slowly slid his hand around to her front, sinking a thick finger into her wet heat. She cried out, and he growled in response, sucking at her bottom lip and her tongue, feasting on her. He circled around her clitoris, zeroing in on the source of her pleasure. Flashes of fire shot through her, ricocheting back and forth, colliding and multiplying as she began to shake. She was imprisoned by the dress, his mouth, his caress, and the only escape was up. He stroked her higher and higher. She wanted to touch him, to give him the same pleasure he was giving her, but she was lost, disoriented, her breathing fitful and frantic. Yes, Zoe, yes, he breathed between deep, frenzied kisses. He held her tightly, relentlessly driving her on. His fingers were flames, filling her with light and heat as she blazed in his arms. She felt the pressure building, saw stars behind her eyes, heard a ringing in her ears as he rocketed her into a blinding climax. She detonated with a scream, her body pulsing with spasms of searing pleasure, looping and radiating through her. God. So that was amazing. So that's like the elements at work, like right yeah. there. It was such a perfect example mm. and how it all worked together. You know, I mean, it, it, you know, I think like kind of when you explain or talk about like what it is you're doing, it almost mm-hmm. feels a little like, I don't know if that could work. It seems like, mm. it seems like it's too obvious, right? Like it's, but it's not like when you no. actually put it into the scene, it, it just kind of blends in and it makes the scene stronger it doesn't sort of stick out like a sore thumb you know that's the whole point it is actually the opposite 
it's designed to make things not stick out. <laughs> no poking. Yes. No, it, you know what I mean? It, it makes it, it, hopefully gives it much more of a cohesive, seamless nature, which draws people in rather than making you them think that you're doing something deliberately poncy. Right, right. And I just was like, when I when I read your blog post about it, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And then I read your scene and I was like, oh, I see now. <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, that's all strokes of genius. Like, I was like, that's brilliant. I was like, that's absolutely perfect. Epic. Yeah, Epic. yeah. I'm wonder. I'm also sort of like going to prod you to consider publishing your thesaurus. <laughs> Well, no, believe you me, I, I, it's what I want to do. I, I want, oh, okay. I want to do, um, I've started, it's just, there's too much, too little time of day, but I, I want to basically turn my blog post into a proper book with a full thesaurus that I've been working on. Oh, that would be wonderful. That would be really be like cool. Thing. And then I want to also at the end have loads of examples of how you do this and lots of different something. It can be really gentle sex. It can be hardcore. It can be graphic, it can be whatever, but using these, this, these ideas in writing different examples of sex scenes. And I think it's really useful, I think, too, because I'm, I'm actually teaching um, a course in a couple of weeks um, to, for like basically how to write sex for people that don't write romance brilliant yeah I'm doing a workshop and so on writing your naughty bits and I I'm I actually probably will pull this elemental uh, idea into this if you don't mind if that's okay with you simply because I think for non romance writers in particular I think I think it's something that they can kind of grab onto and yeah. go oh okay I think I can do it that way yeah you definitely, know, um, definitely. because because it, there is a sense of sort of understanding, which I think is really, really great, just in terms of like getting somebody comfortable to um, to write a scene, because, you know, not 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 many people are. I mean, there are sweet romance writers out there who write sweet because that's where their comfort level is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's plenty of people who write sweet, but they love reading the saucy stuff. But yes. They just can't, don't have the confidence to do it themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I, I would, I honestly wish I could write sweet sometimes because I feel like um, I'm so slow with like you with my, with my steamy scenes. Like it really holds up my time. Like, like it yes. kind of holds things yeah. up, you know? <laughs> But then I think you just have to remember how important they are yes. for character development. Yes, it's absolutely. not just it's not just the kind of the excitement about them, but it is about because if you think about two people falling in love, the most intimate things happen when they have sex. Yeah, and so you know that's an important part of their relationship and their journey and their story, which I don't you know I don't want to miss out on. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and there, you know, the other thing that I, you know, I've, I've talked about it before too, is that there is a sort of healing that happens uh, through that intimate moment, uh, uh, whether, you know, the, the, of the character's psyche, because something that they've been longing for or something that they've been missing, there's like a piece of, is that is, mis is, is replaced, for example, yep. through the act of sex, not necessarily the relationship itself, but through that opening up between these two people um, can, can have hold really healing moments for characters. Yeah. that you might you know that you you would otherwise miss if you're not writing those intimate bits mm. 
Um, so I'm going to jump back to the beginning yeah. of <laughs> but this is where I'm going to ask you, can you set this, set this scene up for us? Okay. So, um, Zoe has come up to live in Scotland in a cabin, which is pretty much derelict that she spent a summer with when she was a little girl with her great uncle and he's died, left the cabin to her. She's changed life, come up to Scotland. Um, and her neighbour, who's this very, very grumpy, gruff, kind of half Thor, half, I don't know, so grumpy man with an axe, he he wants to live there. Uh-huh. And so he's just like, who the hell are you? And what are you doing in essentially my cabin? She's like, well, here, you know, I own it. And so they, they, I, there's, they really, really like each other, but they think that the other one really, really doesn't. And so Zoe has this idea to publicise the local castle by getting Rory to taking photos of him. And she persuades him to, you know, put on a kilt and wave a sword around because he's so hot. And he's just like... (laughs) And and then she suddenly... She she comes to the realisation during the photo shoot, hang on, I think he actually likes me mm. and but he's someone who's never going to say anything so she goes okay right and she's wearing her they're pretending to take these marriage shots so she's dressed up in her friend's wedding dress and so she basically kind of does a little kind of flounce and obviously looks utterly gorgeous and presses herself up against him and he's just like Ooh! and so Fiona who's taking all the pictures has to leave conveniently because her baby's just just I don't know filled its nappy so like so she buggers off and then Zoe thinks right I've got to go for this do you like me and he goes and then he he breaks he goes no I don't like you I ever think you (laughs) this was such a great moment okay so first of all the Highland Games the Highland Games is a thing and I actually enjoy watching the Highland Games so (laughs) so if you put me in front of a video of Ardblar Stones I am like gone for the rest of the day I could that is like my zen I don't know I love it I I don't know why I love it. You see, I grew up on um, on the world's strongest man, and every Christmas the world's strongest man goes on, and the only thing missing from that is kilts. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, is he a Highland Games guy? Like, is he or well, his his backstory is that he so he's he's really he's really tall. He's about six foot six, six foot seven. Um, he was in the army. He was in the special forces. So he's, you know, he's a very, very fit man, but he's out the army now. He's out the special forces and now he's just keeping himself to himself. He's had a bad breakup. He just wants to be on his own, be all Zen and live on the land and just with his dog and just not have to deal with people. Okay. All right. So, um, so I, you know, it wasn't a long scene that you sent me. So, and I, and I have picked out some long-ish exchanges but so here's the other one that I have highlighted don't you like me she asked Rory turned towards her his eyes were burning she stepped back her breath stuck in her throat silence stretched out waiting to snap no Zoe I don't like you his voice was strained the voice of a man pushed to the edge of reason then kicked off into the abyss I loved that I'm overwhelmed by you. My head is so full of you. There's no room for anything else. He pressed his fists into his temples. My life was simple before you showed up. Now it's a car crash. I can't think straight. 
fuck, I can't even think when you're at all when you're around. I might as well try to count all the stars in the universe than make it through a day without a raging heart on or dropping a boiler on my foot. He advanced on her. She backed away until she bumped into the edge of the bed. She leaned back against it and he leaned forward, towering over her. So no, I don't like you. I want you. I crave you. I hunger for you. Everything you are and everything you do drives me crazy. Like doesn't even begin to cover it. He closed his eyes. I can't be here. I can't. Zoe put her her arms around his neck and stopped his mouth with a kiss. Their lips touched with a tingle of electricity, a fizzing pleasure that spread through her chest and ran down her spine with a shiver. She molded herself to his rigid body, stroking the back of his neck with her fingertips, coaxing him to respond. His lips were shut but soft and warm. She kissed around his mouth, the prickle of his stubble thrilling her nerve endings. He reached back behind his neck, grabbed her wrists, and slowly pulled them away from him, breaking the connection. What are you doing? he asked, his tone harsh, but his breath ragged, as if he'd just run for miles. I'm kissing you. Why? Because I don't like you either. She saw confusion, uncertainty, doubt, disbelief, and hope flash across his face like a summer storm. You don't? (laughs) I really loved that. (laughs) You're so, it's so, it's fantastic because you're so good at reading these and I have never had them, I've never heard them being read. Oh, really? Nobody's ever read them to you or you haven't read them out loud or, oh my God, oh my God. Okay. So this was, okay. And we haven't even touched on this yet. God, I feel like I could talk to you all afternoon. Um, (laughs) You're writing comedy, but you're also writing steamy bits, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really hard to do because I don't know, like sex is so serious. And we do talk about that, about how it's propelling the characters forward and they're making all these dramatic realizations Mm. but like you're writing comedy you know there's a levity to this how do you I am how do you keep that up yeah uh, my books are getting more and more and more hilarious and more and more hot they are getting my books are getting (laughs) funnier and funnier and hotter and hotter so like my alpha reader or or my editor whenever they read the next one they go this is the hottest thing you've ever written oh (laughs) And they also say, this is the funniest thing. Um, I mean, my my editor, she was beta reading one of them and she was just reading it as she was kind of going around. And she she was in the dentist's waiting room and she said she actually snorted and to like things coming out of her nose <laughs> in the waiting room. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I think it, it, it for me, I'm just, it's the way I do it, but it's really... Again, it's a challenge to go from yeah. something that's like high comedy and high fast to something that's really fucking hot and and how to kind of marry the two of them. Yeah, I thought, you know, because there was so much, you know, and not having read sort of before, right? Although I'm still getting this book when we're done because this was such a fun, <laughs> such a fun scene and the, pre- the premise is just absolutely hilarious. And sort of having this kind of grumpy guy and, you know, I mean, I guess the trope would be grumpy guy ray of sunshine or something yeah, like that, right? Yeah, it, it's, it's enemies to lovers, grumpy sunshine. Yeah. Fish out, fish out of water. Fish out of water, yep. yep. You know, opposites attract. <laughs> you know all of that and they have this kind of like wonderful moment and like this is their first time together obviously and and it's just so funny but it is so sexy at the same time and I was like this is brilliantly done this is really really fun and it's really fun to read as a reader oh thank you it's well I'm glad you say that because 
years have gone into this book. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, because sometimes, you know, uh, like sex can be funny in a very slapstick sort of way, um, mm. which I don't think we write enough about, like the kind of like the bloopers, mm. um, which I know we're supposed to be writing fantasy, but I like it. I like it based in some realism because, you know, blooper sex is also a lot of fun. I know. And I that I remind myself of that because I think you have to also do that kind of blooper sex as well as everything else. But I think so much of a comedy can come from things that are, you know, deeply, deeply serious. And one character can be so serious or but that's where comedy comedy comes from. Tragedy, tragedy, comedy, the whole right. like, interplay. Right. And it's yeah, I just I just I fucking love it. I just love it. I mean, I was kind of curious, did you, the films that you did, were they comedy films or were they all um, over the map? All over. I okay. did, I did do two dark comedies. Yeah, I did one, a dark comedy called Chicken Karma. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's about two couples going out for a curry and it all going horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> And then I did, um, oh God, what was, oh, I did a very dark, dark romance comedy called Cupboard Love. And that's, yeah, that was, that was pretty, yeah, not like this, not kind of fantasy, lovely, you know, gorgeous people and all of that. But I think if I look back, I've always loved, com I've always written mm -hmm. comedy. I've always written dark comedy. When you were working in film, did you yeah. were your did you put sex scenes in the movies? Were they expl how explicit were? I mean, obviously no, you're no, tied them, to no, no, no sex scenes. Yeah, there was no sex scenes. Not in what I was writing. No. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's so wild. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you've got Highland Games. Yep. Um, over two hundred reviews on Amazon for a first book. That's crazy. I, it's, that way. was hard fought for. I've been very incredibly grateful to all of my ARC reviewers and anyone who's written a review. I'm just unbelievably grateful. I was stunned by that to see 200 reviews on there for a, the a first book. I mean, that is truly mm. a, an extraordinary feat in and of itself. Um, you know, so so next on the docket for you is the february release of course this will be out by the time that yep. comes out um, yeah so that's cupid calamity so right. that's so kelly and i have come up with this concept we're calling it evie and kelly's holiday disasters and it's going to be <laughs> um, it's brilliant so the first one is cupid calamity and she's written a novella and i've written a novella mine's called animal attraction and hers is called uh, stupid cupid Oh, and then so God. it's two novellas in one book and then that's for valentine's then we've got one for the fourth of july which i'm writing at the moment so that's cookout carnage and her story <laughs> is called up in smoke um mine's called off with a bang <laughs> and then we've got for christmas we've got christmas chaos and her story is no my story is no way in a manger <laughs> and hers is no crib and no bed so oh, fun. So it's been brilliant. So the Valentine's Day one, obviously out in Feb, the cookout one for 4th of July is going to be 6th of June. And then Christmas chaos is 18th of November. And then in between them, uh, Hollywood Games, 4th of April, which I just I'm ludicrously excited about. And then 
I, it's it's like you can't have your favorite child, but I do, <laughs> and and that's um, Kissing Games, the unexpected book three, which I never intended to write, and then when I did, it was just like the most beautiful thing of perfection in my eyes, only in my eyes. So that's coming out probably in September, and I am so in love with the story and the characters. It's just, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. Um, okay, well, then you're going to have to come back and we'll talk about the obsession. Oh, yes. So obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. But I was bad with Rory. I just, I became so obsessed with Rory. I Googled him to try and make him real. As in, I genuinely thought there has to be someone who looks like this and has the name Rory. And it's just like, you complete idiot. Oh, I'm curious. Did you, did you, you didn't find no. somebody? No. Okay. Oh God, no. And then my friend tried to do it as well because she became <laughs> obsessed and she just got loads of very hardcore gay porn with her search terms. <gasps> <laughs> That's great when that happens. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're like clear browser history, clear browser I know. history. <laughs> and her husband thinks that I'm basically dangerous. And when she, yeah, when she says that she's reading another book by me, her husband goes, oh, God, oh, God, no, no, I can't cope. <laughs> this is fantastic. I mean, where is the best place to stalk you on, on the Internet? Where do you hang out? Um, uh, Instagram is where I hang out most. So that's Evie Alexander Author. But also there's so much on my website. And that's just EvieAlexanderAuthor.com. So just Evie Alexander Author Instagram and also dot com for the website. Perfect. And I will also have links to all all of your places, BookBub, Amazon, et cetera, et cetera, in the show notes for people who can just, you know, easy enough to follow a link. So, Abby, thank you so much. It's been so much fun to have you. This has been epic. It's been such a joy. (laughs) I need you to come back because we have a lot lot more to talk about. Oh, anytime, anytime, (laughs) anytime, anytime. I adore Evie, and her books are chef's kiss. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Like books, ratings and reviews help with discoverability. And please be sure to follow the podcast so you get automatic downloads of new episodes every time they go out. Next time, Charlie Bouvois joins me to talk about writing inclusive romance. Charlie was a wonderful guest, and I loved their steamy scene. I think you will, too. Until next time, stay steamy.